1: At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith
1: Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. How are you? Doing well, Keith. How about yourself? I
2: am all right. Um, I'm all right. How are you? I mean, I've already asked that. Are you you still good?
1: It's It's a really big music week, so we have a lot to talk about. So I'm doing great.
2: Thank you for the segue, because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Harry Styles as it was returns to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart for an 11th week, the most weeks atop the list in over two years. And how Steve Lacey's Bad Habit climbs to a new high on the Hot 100, rising six to three. And on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Demi Lovato scores their seventh, sorry, eighth consecutive top 10, the entirety of their charting releases while Madonna makes history with the debut of Finally Enough Love, becoming the first woman with a new top 10 album in each decade since the 1980s.
1: Okay. Also on the show, we are talking about Taylor Swift announcing a brand new album, not her next re-record, but a new project at Sunday's MTV VMAs. It's called Midnight's, and it's coming in October, and Keith and I will talk all about it. Plus, Britney Spears and Elton John's Hold Me Closer has finally arrived, Is it everything we wanted and more? Stay tuned to find out. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts.
2: All right, let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, Harry Styles, as it was, returns to number one for an 11th non-consecutive week. Wow. That's the most weeks at number one since early 2020, when Roddy Rich's The Box wrapped an
1: 11-week stay at number one. I just feel like I haven't noticed that it's been there for 11 weeks, you know? Well, <laughs> just, here's the it thing. It just snuck up it, on me. It hasn't been
2: consecutive. Right. Um, because it's, it's shown tremendous staying power on the chart as... The eleven weeks it's had at number one have been over the course of five different stays at number one. Wow! Meaning, it would be number one for a week or two or more, and then step away from number one, and then come back, and then step away, and come back, and step away, and come back, and step away, and come back. It's and a come game back. of double dutch. <laughs> but no song has ever had five different visits to number one in the history of the chart until now. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Also, um, as it was, is one of only 27 songs with at least 11 weeks at number one. So um, it's a big hit. Yeah, I guess guess that's what we're saying here. (laughs) Um, A long roundabout way of saying it's a big hit. Um, Also, uh, last week's number one, Nicki Minaj's Super Freaky Girl falls to number seven in its second week on the chart. Uh, Next up, staying with the Hot 100, Steve Lacey's rising hit, Bad Habit, hits a new high, climbing 6-3 in its 8th week on the chart. Fun point to ponder, Bad Habit debuted at number 100. If the song goes to number 1, it will be the second number 1 this year by a song that debuted at number 100, following Glass Animals' heatwaves. And actually only 11 songs, including Heat Waves, have debuted at number 100 and then later hit number one.
1: That is crazy. I remember talking about that earlier this year on the podcast. And here we are potentially again.
2: Here we are again soon. we're going to have a list of all the songs that debuted at number one, at debut number 100 and then later hit <laughs> number one. I see a list on Billboard.com, Katie. Yes, yes. Um, also, um, after last week's show where we talked about um, Blackpink. And, uh, you know, could the girl group hit the top 10 on the Hot 100 with Pink Venom? Well, it debuts at number 22 on the Hot 100 this week. So congrats to the girls. And over on the
1: Billboard Global 200
2: chart, it swoops in at number one.
1: Yeah, on both global charts, right? Number one. So not, uh, no small feat. I hear I hear they're popular all around the world. <laughs>
2: Lastly, over on the Billboard 200 albums chart, Bad Bunny's Un Verano Sin T returns to number one, scoring its ninth non-consecutive week atop the list. That ties the Encanto soundtrack for the most weeks at number one in 2022. Plus, Demi Lovato and Madonna both see their latest albums debut in the top ten. For Lovato, their F-Love starts at number seven, but also atop the... Get ready for this Top Rock and Alternative Albums Chart, Top Rock Albums Chart, and Top Alternative Albums Chart, their first number one on all three. Plus, the set is Lovato's eighth consecutive top 10 on the Billboard 200, the entirety of their charting releases.
1: Wow. I'm sure Demi is quite proud of that because I feel like, you know, as a lifelong rock fan, being on top of all those charts is pretty crazy.
2: All right. Well, as for Madonna... Her remix retrospective, Finally Enough Love, as if you haven't heard enough about it on this podcast before, (laughs) debuts at number eight on the Billboard 200, making her the first woman with a new top 10 album in each decade since the 1980s. Amazing. Yeah, I know. Uh, That's also the name of a Madonna song that's not on this (laughs) album, but she has recorded a song called Amazing. It's on the music album from the year 2000. In total... Uh, finally Enough Love is Madonna's 23rd top 10, and that ties her with Bob Dylan for the fourth most top 10s among soloists.
1: Wow. Well, once again, didn't didn't need an excuse to talk about Madonna. Our, our lady is on the charts. We'll, we'll see how creative I get next week. <laughs> Ah. Okay, well, moving over to some headlines on Billboard.com. Taylor Swift has a new album on the way and not a re-recorded album, a brand new album. Uh, The superstar made the announcement while taking home the final MTV VMA on Sunday night for Video of the Year, which was the third of her career, by the way, of VMA's record for her All Too Well short film. And during her acceptance speech, Swift revealed that her next full length is out on October 21st. I thought it might be a fun moment to tell you that my brand new album comes out October 21st, said Swift, and I will tell you more at midnight. And then we found out, after a countdown on taylorswift.com, that uh, she took to her socials and announced the album is called Midnights, uh, which she called, quote, the stories of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life. Um, It seems like a missed opportunity to have 12 tracks on an album called Midnights, but... Her lucky number is 13. So oh, there you go. There you go. It all makes <laughs> sense now. Uh, so the upcoming album will be her first new album since the one 2 punch of folklore and evermore, which was her indie folk projects that were recorded in the early days of the pandemic and were released in the second half of 2020. Um, we, of course, have gotten uh, many Taylor's version re-releases since then and, you you know, more on the way. Um, but I have a lot of questions. So I just thought I'd like throw some like lightning round questions at you, Keith. Okay. Oh, okay. So let's start with, and I mean, I'm fine to just talk about this too, but let's start with what do we think the genre is going to be with the limited information we have about midnight. So far, we have a, a sort of noir looking cover of her with like holding a lighter, we have 13 songs. We have the theme of midnights and sleepless nights. Um, she's obviously made a pivot Swift, from country jazz to pop to Yeah, I mean, who knows? But yeah, I mean, do you have any do you have any instinct like about what uh, what the genre you know or what the vibe could be? Midnight jazz. <laughs>
2: it's a blues album from Taylor Swift.
1: Maybe it'll be like some ASMR, like spoken word, you know, to help you fall asleep at night.
2: Ocean Waves with Taylor <laughs> yes. doing like White spoken noise. word poetry. Over <laughs> White the noise top. with
1: Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah.
2: The, the um. sequel will be Nooners.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> no, will not. <laughs> no. All right. Um. Maybe it'll
2: be a sequel. It'll be like, you know, uh, before sunrise, after sunset. I'm
1: down with that. I mean, yeah, yeah, she's got, she could go a lot of directions with that. But I, I have to say, um, one hint that I'm taking, and Taylor does nothing accidentally, so this this I'm taking this hint seriously. She wore sort of an an outfit inspired by Midnight's for her VMA after party look, and it was like a um kind of a like a romper, like a navy satin romper with stars on it, so it looked kind of like a night sky. And then this huge fur, you know, not sure what the story on the fur, vintage fur, whatever the case may be. Beautiful fur coat over, but the. The look was very like mid 70s, which got me sort of excited because I was thinking like maybe we're thinking like Joni or Stevie, like these are the vibes I was getting from this outfit. And that's what oh. I kind of was wondering if maybe the direction musically could be 70s poet, you know. It's not exactly folk, it's like pop, like a pop poetry sort of thing. Sure.
2: <laughs> that's that's what I was
1: wondering. I mean,
2: when you said, like, you know, romper with stars and a fur coat, I'm like, oh, okay, Studio 54, 70s? It was a
1: little, no, it's a little earlier than Studio 54. It wasn't exactly disco, it was a little more, I don't know, it was a little Stevie Nicks to me. A little like floppy hat, 70s California Oh, you could definitely rock. throw a floppy hat on that look for sure. 100%. Who, who, who can't throw a floppy hat on a look? <laughs> throw
2: a floppy I mean, hat on it. Just throw with a floppy doubt. hat on it. It makes everything better. It's like a champagne float on something. You can always make it better with a champagne float or a floppy hat. Um, I, I think it's interesting that we're getting midnight, uh, midnights. Mm-hmm. Plural. Before the... Uh, rumored, 1989 re-recording. We don't
1: know that, Keith. Oh, then
2: again, we don't know. It could the, the 1989 could show up on Friday for all. That's. We know.
1: I mean, that's the other thing. So I, that not to jump, you know, ahead, but I I'm also wondering what this means for the re-recording schedule. Like, we don't really know where we're going next. Um, There's been a lot of like, you know, speculation about why we haven't gotten uh 1989 yet yeah, because we've actually gotten a few songs from 1989 at this point and actually this summer um in that dc super pets movie with uh the rock and kevin hart she did the blue or the blue blood i was gonna say blue blood it's like tom Selleck, don't mind me the bad blood <laughs> taylor's version um for that movie and i know Uh, She had previously done Wildest Dreams for a film like last year. And so there are tastes of 1989 out there. We're clearly circling 1989, but like, what is the holdup? I don't know. Is that next? Is it before Midnights? Is it after Midnights? Is it this year? Is it next year? We don't know, do we, Keith? All right. No, we don't.
2: (laughs) And we won't know until she shows up on another awards show to announce that she has a new album dropping that night.
1: You're right. You're right. So we wait. Okay, my final question. I was I'm already jumping ahead to like, because this is Taylor Swift, like the awards schedule. So obviously October twenty first, that is past the Grammy's eligibility date, but it does put you firmly in a space to release a lead single that is Grammy eligible. Before the end of September,
2: which would be Grammy
1: eligible. So we're, I mean, that's the that's the plan, right? Yeah,
2: but wouldn't <laughs> th- wouldn't that also make her go up against her own all too well Taylor's version?
1: Ooh, that is a great point, Keith. That's a great point maybe she thinks then she'll give people options. It's like if you're into the re-record, but then it'll go against. No, you don't want
2: options. You just what you then do is just you don't (laughs) put forth anything. You wouldn't put more than one song. You would choose one.
1: Okay, we will, of course, keep you very posted on all the updates with um, Taylor Swift's new music. We are very excited to have Taylor back in our orbit. Um, And moving on to some other new music. Uh, We talked a lot about Britney Spears and Elton John's rumored collaboration on a previous podcast. And now Hold Me Closer is a reality. So let's take a listen. Hold me closer, time Okay, so produced by Grammy winner Andrew Watt, friend of the podcast, of the podcast. alongside uh, Circuit. Hold Me Closer features Brittany and Elton singing the verses of John's 1992 hit, The One, over a club-ready beat before diving into the chorus of 1971's Tiny Dancer. It was a hit in 1972, but released in 71. Anyway. This is totally in the same vein as Cold Heart, the Pinal remix with Dua Lipa, which combined four of Elton's songs together and a new, you know, patchwork hit. Um, And in fact, I don't know if you saw this, Keith, but Elton told The Guardian in an interview ahead of the Hold Me Closer release that he wants to do one of these a year. He this is like his new thing. And why not? Um, He said his quote was, I want to do one every year for a fun, happy summer record. I'm very down with this. I sure. say go for it, Elton. He also revealed that it was his husband David Furnish's idea to call Britney specifically for it. Um, but yeah, I, I just to put it out there, like this song is great. I was so happy. Like we've talked, you know, we talked about this before, when it was just an idea and not exactly knowing what it was, the vibe was going to be like. And I listened to this song repeatedly over and over and over again Friday when it was released. It is just a breezy. I think summer is the perfect vibe for it. It is like a, like a tropical house sort of beat, super fun. And I was so happy because like I feel like it's been a minute since we had Britney music. And obviously, um, there's been a lot of very, you know, challenging Britney news out there. This is just a happy slice of pop music. And I was very pleased about it. Keith, did you have thoughts after hearing it? <laughs> um,
2: I mean, you're covering two Elton John songs that are great. So the result is great. (laughs) In theory, it should work. Right. I mean, if if you're going to bring together Elton and Britney Spears, two of our biggest pop stars, and you're going to have them do a mashup cover of two of Elton John's great songs, by gosh, I hope it's going to be a good a good thing. Yeah. And um, it seems like also like a very safe thing to do, as we've talked about before, where it's like this is a safe move for both Elton and Britney. Um, to do something where that's kind of like a low-stakes situation. Yeah. Um, and also, I think, you know, Brittany's talked about how um, I think Tiny Dancer was one of her favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, and... And, and Elton, she said Elton John is her favorite artist of all time, too. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I think it all works out and clearly, you know, just looking from a purely kind of business standpoint, putting aside kind of the complications of... Um, Britney's life, just from a purely business standpoint, this makes a lot of sense to Mm -hmm. do after Cold Heart with Dua Lipa. Yes. It's like, all right, look, we had success with that. This could be like a slow burning, long lasting radio hit that keeps Britney and Elton on the airwaves, on streaming services, becomes like a surprise hit. And is just nothing but like, hey, it's a great pop song to keep people like interested in Elton and Britney for something that's about the music, not about kind of all the other drama swirling around Britney.
1: Totally. And, you know, we should mention um, Britney posted and deleted a voice memo, 22 minute voice memo where she really like unleashed a lot of uh, details and information and accusations and allegations about um, her time in, in the conservatorship that, um, you know, controlled her personal and professional life for 13 plus years. Um, and, you know, we had speculated in the earlier episode that, you know, Elton John kind of maybe understood where, you know, Brittany needed a, you know, support system after all of that Like somebody in the industry who maybe understood having darker times and, and coming out of them like Elton does And then in this Guardian interview, he says exactly that Basically, I always want to be the person who extends a helping hand To someone in a bad spot He, he literally referred to himself as Uncle Elton Like, I want to be Uncle Elton Like, people can mm. come to me when they need help um, So he you know, made that very clear that that was one of his intentions with teaming up with Britney and the fact that now after this song is released, she felt comfortable to, you know, speak more about, um, you know, her last decade plus uh, and just speak openly and be, you know, newly confident about everything and independent and free, you know, to say the very least. Um, It's like it all works together. The music um, her speaking out, all of it. It's like Brittany's got a platform again and is able to speak for herself. And it's a really nice moment. Yeah. So yay, yay all around. So thanks to Uncle Elton. Um, Keith, <laughs> I wish, I, I wish Elton
2: could be my <laughs> uncle. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, now I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm still going to ask you anyway. Do we have any idea where this could end up on the Hot
2: 100 next week? Keith? Oh, it's funny. I actually, I actually started to write something wrong in the script earlier because um, I had typed in the wrong chart code into our system, and it showed that it that that Hold Me Closer had debuted at number 30. And I'm like. It already debuted after just... Was it on deb- radio songs or something? And I was looking at Pop Airplay. Yeah. And I had made... Because I was looking up something else. And I <laughs> then I got confused. I'm like, did the song come out a week and a half ago? And I'm that just out was of it. it? <laughs> um, but no, it debuted at number 30 on the Pop Airplay chart after only like three days of Airplay.
1: Yeah, it's Friday through Sunday, right? That's... Yeah, wow, that's that,
2: amazing. For that chart. For that particular chart. So if that's any indication... And it wasn't just pop airplay; it was all. It also had um, support at adult pop airplay, and I think even adult contemporary. So, unless it was just like a one-day fluke, this seems like it should actually have some solid airplay out of the gate. I assume that its sales will be significant because there's a lot of Britney fans who are just wanting to support, but also it has the kind of right vibe that iTunes like Elton. There's still a lot of people that are going to buy Elton John and Britney Spears songs on iTunes, whereas a lot of younger people, sorry, have moved on to streaming services. Um, But this could also do well on streamers as well. So I'm fairly confident this should have a nice debut on the hot 100 next week. Now, does that mean it's top 10? I don't know. Is it top 40? That seems likely, but then again, I could be completely wrong. I'm yeah. literally just making a wild guess because I don't manage that chart. Go talk
1: to Gary. You know, what's interesting, though, you mentioned, um, you know, adult pop and like some AC and all that sort of thing. Like it kind of also reminds me not just of Cold Heart, but also of the um, uh, Tina Turner. And um, what was it? The higher love um, Steve Winwood? You'll know. But who did the um, why can't oh. I think of his oh, flippin' right. name right now?
2: Just a second um, It was um that, Starts with a K that, The dance guy
1: Yeah Kaigo. Kaigo. Yeah so Kygo it also makes Tina me think Turner. of that Where like you would hear that On like AC stations Because it's like AC would play Higher Love And they would play Whitney Houston So why not play This new remix right. You know So it's like a new song That appeals to a station That doesn't play New songs frequently um, It just makes a lot of sense And that's I feel like gonna be The same case for For Hold Me Closer
2: Yeah Yeah all right, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. It's really just another quiz, Katie. Huh. Um, but I like doing them, so maybe I'll just change this uh, whole part of the show to. And now it's time yes. for Quiz Katie. <laughs> and
1: now it's time for our Quiz Katie of the week.
2: I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Why not? Um, all right, so Katie, earlier we mentioned how Madonna ties Bob Dylan for the fourth most top ten albums on the Billboard 200 chart among soloists. Each of them have 23. Mm. Can you name any of the acts with more top tens than Bob Dylan and Madonna? And I'll give you a hint. There are only five other acts with more top tens than Bob Dylan and Madonna. And before you answer, Mm -hmm. we're talking about the Billboard 200 from when it began as a regularly published weekly chart in March of 1956
1: through the present. So take a wild stab here. So I should not guess all my 1940s guesses I had. Um, Sorry, yeah, Being, I'm going
2: gonna... to not in there.
1: OK, I'm going to start with Bruce Springsteen. No, you're close. He has 21. OK, I'm in the right. I'm in the right range. My next guess is going to be. I'm thinking someone like Tony Bennett. No. Okay. Is there any sort of, like, crooner type in the mix? Yes. Okay. Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra has 32. Okay. Okay. There we go. Now we're talking. Okay. You got one of the five. Mm. You threw me off with the the 1956 thing, because I was going to say Elvis Presley. Should I say Elvis Presley? Yeah, you should. He has 27. Okay. Outstanding. <laughs> so you have two out of the five. And the
2: next three are... Um, still incredibly popular acts that release albums on a frequent basis. Um, like
1: currently? two. Of, I mean, I'm going to th- okay, throw out the Ro- Rolling Stones. The Rolling
2: Stones have the most top tens with 37. There we go. So now we're just missing I, two more.
1: I, like, I don't know if there are enough like compilation type things to have put like the Beatles there because I know right. what they're the Beatles. It's oh. a good guess, Katie, with 32. There you go. I like know what their actual discography is, but wow, that's a lot of compilations. Um, So we're missing one. Yep. Is the last one Elton John? Nope. Okay. Elton has (laughs) twenty-one. Okay. Okay. So he's close. Um, All right. I need. I love a hint just to narrow it Uh, down. This person is a solo artist. Okay. A woman.
2: Why, yes, a woman as well. Barbara Streisand. Correct. With thirty-four.
1: Yes, I did pretty decent on that. You did. So So in order,
2: <laughs> here's everyone, just, just for kicks, here's everyone with at least 20 top 10 albums. Okay. Uh, the Rolling Stones with 37, Barbara Streisand with 34, The Beatles with 32, Frank Sinatra also with 32, Elvis with 27, Bob Dylan and Madonna each with 23, and then there are four artists each with 21, Elton John, Paul McCartney, including his work with Wings, Bruce Springsteen, George Strait, and Prince has 20 top tens. All right. So there you have it. Nothing but legends. Legends only. Legends only. Uh, There you have it. A little quiz, Katie, about the arc, the arcs, the axe, the Lord have mercy. So you have it. A little quiz, Katie, about the axe with the most top 10 albums on the Billboard 200 chart. All right. We've reached the end of our big shoe. Um, Any parting words, Katie?
1: I feel like I'm just like getting smarter through osmosis, like from these quiz Katie's like, I think that like some of these artists are just like in my veins to answer now.
2: (laughs) Wow. I think. Okay. (laughs) I'll go with that. Just
1: from, just from Keith quizzing me. It's like my own personal, uh, weekly, uh, extended education course. (laughs) I, well, I appreciate that. Um, what songs should we go out on? Oh man. Uh, we've talked a lot about a lot of people today. I, I, um do you have anybody a, a, a classic britney song i mean i love britney we could definitely do that you know what i love is breathe on me by britney that's a great song and it's 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 a i don't even think it was a single was it i don't think it so. wasn't yeah. it's just so good it should have been i
2: believe didn't she sing that in concert once where she was like in a champagne glass or something
1: or like a, oh like i don't a, know like about that or bathtub I only saw, um, I only saw the Vegas residency, which she had a lot to say about that in the 22 minute, uh, yeah, yeah. uh recording.
2: Um, yeah, you should, uh, you should look up on YouTube, breathe on me live. I think she was in like some sort of glass bathtub or something okay, like with okay. a half naked mm-hmm. guy that had polka dotted hair. <laughs> you know, it was a time. There are performances of it. There are performances. So yeah, I'll, I'll be watching. Also, it, it was part of her, um, BBMAs medley that opened up the BBMAs a few years ago. Remember? She she did breathe on me. It was part of the medley.
1: You know what that means? Then that means that it's one of her personal favorite songs. Yeah, clearly, absolutely. So then, it, the, well then, Brittany we have and I were on the same on wavelength. It. We have to go out on it.
2: Okay, see you guys next
1: time. Bye. Bye.